0: What's up City Light? Good to see you guys. Yeah, my name's Doug. I get to ride this roller coaster called City Light Church with all of you guys. Can we just celebrate what God is doing in our midst? Last Sunday, I was down in southwest Iowa with our church plant down there. We were singing to Jesus and preaching the gospel with about 60 people in a public park. That was awesome. This past Wednesday, our church plant down in Kansas City had their prayer meeting in what's going to be their future building, and they start core team gatherings in that building next month in October. Right here in Council Bluffs, we had like over 100 people come to the city group kickoff to get connected and find their group. The Celebrate Recovery program is reaching new people, helping people lose their addictions and find freedom in Christ. I mean, Jesus is on the move. Jesus is alive. It's incredible. Can I also just go ahead and admit that like it's easier to celebrate Jesus on this stage and in this room? Like I love celebrating who Jesus is and what Jesus has done when I'm with you guys. I'm filled with boldness. I get excited. I feel like I'm caught up in Jesus and I'm so thankful for him. But to be honest, a little pastoral confession moment, when I walk out those doors and leave, it's like I spring a leak and all my boldness drains away. I get nervous or embarrassed, sometimes even scared, just to talk about Jesus. I mean, you'd think a pastor, you guys pay me, right? Like You'd think a pastor of all people should be bold, but honestly, a lot of times I'm not. A couple weeks ago, uh, we were doing a family devotion together, and we were reading some story in the Gospels where some of the followers of Jesus were scared. And my daughter, Gabby, who's just a very blunt, sweet girl, she said, Dad, why do people get scared? I mean, Jesus is awesome. And I said, well, honestly, Gabby, sometimes I get scared, too. She's like, no, not you, Daddy. Surely not you. And as much as I appreciated her like confidence in me, I had to be like, actually, Gabby, I do get scared. So she's like, well, when's the last time you got scared? Great question, Gabby. Really appreciate what you're bringing up here. <laughs> so I told her about when I went to get my haircut. I pay top dollar at Great Clips to make sure this looks good. And so the stylist was uh, chopping on my mop, and she was talking about just some struggles in her family with her kids. And there's this sweet opportunity where I could have just told her how Jesus helps me as a parent. But what did I do? I just sat there, and I stared at the mirror and stayed totally quiet. Like, I could feel it in my soul, that opportunity. It's like God put the ball on a tee, handed me a bat, brought the fences in close. And all I had to do was say, Jesus, and it would have been a home run. But instead, I stayed quiet. I sat there in silence. And so I told Gabby that story and her response was, "Ah, oh, dad, that was a major bummer. Yes, it was. Thank you, Gabby, for your honesty. Now, I'd like to say, man, that moment at Great Clips, is a, it, it's a rare moment, but honestly, it's all too common in my life. And I'm hoping that you guys this morning, you're not pointing the finger at me, but I'm hoping instead you're saying, man, I'm with you, Doug. I get it. I've been there, done that. If you've been following Jesus for any length of time, then you probably know what it's like to feel like you failed Jesus, like your boldness sprung a leak, and it just all drained out. Maybe it's that time when you could have prayed for your coworker when they were going through something, or you were having a conversation with your brother, and you knew, man, I should have brought up Jesus. There's opportunities that we have to speak of Jesus, but instead, we just stay silent. Now, I'm not here this morning to make us all feel bad, okay? But I am here this morning to get some help. I'm here this morning to meet with God and ask him to put some boldness back into me this morning. And this morning, we're going to look at a story of some followers of Jesus in Acts chapter 4 who were bold. They were bold in the face of even opposition. And I can't help but wonder, how were they bold? Where did their boldness come from? So open your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 4. We 'll just introduce it from verse one. it says, And as they were speaking to the people, now they is Peter and John, some of these apostles, they were followers of Jesus, and in the previous chapter, God had used Peter and John to heal a disabled guy who was actually a really well-known disabled guy. Everybody saw him every day. God uses Peter and John to heal him. The crowd goes wild. Peter and John take that opportunity to talk about Jesus. They say, Jesus healed this guy. Then they call the people to repent from their sin and believe on Jesus. The story goes on, and the religious leaders in Jerusalem, they're not happy about this. They're pretty annoyed because everybody's excited about Jesus again instead of being excited about them and all their rules. So they arrest Peter and John, and they put them in jail overnight. The next morning, they bring Peter and John back out, and they ask them in verse 7, by what power or by what name did you do this? Peter and John say the same thing they said the day before. Jesus. Jesus is the one who did this. Oh yeah, the same Jesus that you crucified, the same Jesus that God glorified by raising him from the dead. In fact, Peter and John are so bold that they go all the way to verse 12, and they say, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So they don't just say that Jesus is cool. They don't just say Jesus can make your life better. They don't just say that Jesus healed this guy. They go all the way to say that Jesus and only Jesus can save you from your sin, from death, from hell. No other religion, no good works, no political party or position of power can save you. It's Jesus and only Jesus. Jesus. They are bold as they preach about Jesus. Now, these guys, Peter and John, they had just spent the night in jail. And they're standing before a bunch of religious leaders, the same leaders that had Jesus killed just a few weeks earlier. So the punishment could fall on Peter and John at any time. They're in front of some intimidating characters in an established regime. It's a little different from me sitting in the chair at Great Clips and the stylus is too short to reach the top of my head, even in a chair, okay? It's a little different. Peter and John were in some real trouble, and yet they were bold. They spoke about Jesus with courage and confidence. Where did Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, one of those in front of a little girl. How did Peter get so bold now? And how did John, who had watched the death of Jesus from a safe distance, get bold enough to step into the spotlight for Jesus? Where did their boldness come from? And I think this question matters for us, City Light, because every day we have these opportunities to speak about Jesus. These moments when we could tell a coworker or a friend or a classmate about our love for Jesus. And in those moments, there's always a battle for boldness. A battle for are we gonna speak up? Are we gonna step out? There's always that battle. So where does that kind of boldness come from? Where did it come from for Peter and John? Well, verse 13 tells us where it didn't come from. Okay, what wasn't their source of boldness? Look at it with me. It says, now when they, that's the religious leaders, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. You can write this down in your notes. Their boldness didn't come from their degree or their pedigree. It didn't come from their degree. Peter and John were uneducated. They weren't wearing like robes and cool hats with tassels and holding fancy diplomas as they stood in front of these religious leaders. They didn't have free copies of the, an autographed copy of their book to pass out to everybody. They were uneducated. And their boldness didn't come from their pedigree. They didn't have wealthy parents. They weren't CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. They weren't famous. They probably didn't even win their fantasy football league that year. They were common men. In fact, the word common here in the Greek language, which was like the original language that the book of Acts was written in, the word common is actually a really interesting word. We're going to put it on the screen for you. And as soon as we put it on the screen, you're going to be like, oh, I get it. I see what they're saying, okay? You ready for it? Here it is. That's the word idiotists, right? Don't you just love the Bible? It's so great. Basically, what Luke is saying here is there's one religious leader who leans over to another religious leader and says, well, we know their boldness didn't come from themselves because they're a couple dumb idiots, right? And then another leans over to another and says, there's only one explanation for where this boldness could have come from. These guys, they must have been with Jesus. And yes, exactly. They had been with Jesus. They had seen Jesus do this stuff. Now they're just doing it themselves. Peter and John were a couple nobodies trying to tell everybody about somebody named Jesus. They did not have their boldness from their degrees or their pedigrees. And guys, this gives me some hope. (laughs) This gives all of us some hope, right? Because last I checked, Council Bluffs did not make the list of the top 50 smartest cities in America. And last I checked, we don't have any millionaires in our church, and last I checked, Eric hasn't written any books with footnotes in it. I don't think he's really read any books with footnotes in it. You can tell him about it, I know, I love him. But here's what I want to celebrate. Can we just praise God that the mark of our church isn't our degrees or our pedigrees, but the mark of our church is the presence of Jesus Christ. He among us, him drawing near. And I'm not calling us a bunch of dumb idiots, although some religious leaders might, and I'm okay with that. We are not here to impress people with our education or our wealth or our status or our prowess. City light, we just want to be with Jesus. We just want to be with Him. So we know where their boldness didn't come from. It didn't come from their degrees or pedigrees. But then where did their boldness come from? Go a little further back in the chapter to verse 23, and we're going to look at a prayer that they prayed. And I think in that prayer, we're going to find two sources of their boldness. After Peter and John get released from jail, verse 23 says... They went to their friends. Now, before we move on and look at the sources of boldness, let me just put a little note in here. When Peter and John got released, they didn't go back to the church, did they? Why? Well, the church was like five, maybe 10,000 people by now. So what they did is they went back to their friends, their group, their crew kind of within that church. Around here, we would call that a city group. Someone who journeyed with them through this time, knew them well, prayed for them. Someone who was on mission with them even while they were in jail. So can I just take this moment and invite you, join a city group, get in one. Grab a Get Connected card, fill it out, drop it in the giving box, we'll follow up. We'd love for you to get in a city group and you never know when you're gonna need someone to bail you out of jail, okay? (laughs) That might be why you need to get in there. So then they go to their group They give this report to them. And then how does the group respond? Watch this in verse 24. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Wow. They immediately respond with prayer. And they don't address their prayer to like, buddy, Jesus, or dear Lord, they they address their prayer to the sovereign Lord, the God who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. Here's the first source of their boldness. Their boldness came from a big God. Their boldness came from a big God. Sovereign Lord literally means master, not just my personal master or even our master, but it means the master who is over all and he dictates and he directs and he determines the steps of man, the stars in the heaven, the strength of the waves crashing against the rocks of the shore. Sovereign Lord. They didn't pray to a small God, they prayed to a big God, the sovereign Lord. Now, just how sovereign is he? Just how big is he? Keep going, and let's look at their prayer beginning in verse 25. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Now, just get the picture of this prayer in your mind. They're talking about kings and kingdoms and countries all coming together, all working together against God's chosen one, against God's anointed. But when they come together and they work together, it's not going to work out. It's in vain. It's not going to go as they want it to go. You got that picture in your head. Countries, kingdoms, all coming together against God's chosen one. Then verse 27, for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. So they're realizing that the picture of their prayer happened just a few weeks ago right there in Jerusalem. They were coming together against Jesus. Countries, kingdoms, kings, Herod, Pontius Pilate, um, Jewish people, Gentiles. They were all coming together. They were plotting together, working together against Jesus. Now, verse 28 is going to show us just how big their God was. What did these countries and kingdoms do? verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Wow, mind blown. Here's how big these early disciples saw their God. Even when all the world was coming together against Jesus, even when religious leaders and Romans and Greeks and Jewish people and Gentiles, even when armies and kings and countries and kingdoms were all coming together, working together, plotting together against Jesus, falsely accusing Jesus, calling out for the crucifixion of Jesus, and even nailing Jesus to a cross, even when all that was happening, coming against Jesus, all of that was God's plan. Wow. Wow. God wasn't shocked. God wasn't afraid. God wasn't freaking out and worrying that his plans had failed. Instead, the sovereign Lord, God Almighty, had already planned, he had predestined for all of that to take place. It's like Oceans 11 or 12 or 13 or 8 or whichever one came out most recently, right? The enemy plays right into their plans and does exactly what they planned for them to do. What the kings and kingdoms and countries all planned to shut down Jesus, God Almighty, the sovereign Lord, had pre-planned and executed with the purpose to lift up Jesus, to lift high Jesus, so that every eye will see him before every knee bows to him. Oh, sovereign Lord. Now, what does that mean to you and me who are wanting to be bold about Jesus? It means that when we step out, we take that risk, and we speak up about Jesus, we don't have to fear the response, we don't have to control the result. Even if I like butcher my words and slur my speech and turn red-faced, God is in charge and he can handle it even if they misunderstand you and take it the wrong way and then turn against you, God's in charge and he can handle it. Even if you lose your job and have to start a new profile at indeed.com to find a new one, God is in charge and he can handle it. Listen, City Light, if God was in charge and he could handle the worst, most terrible, most excruciating day in the life of Jesus, then God is in charge and he can handle your conversation with your parents who think you're weird because you keep going to church every Sunday. God is in charge and he can handle those classmates who laugh at you because you pray before you eat. God is in charge and he can handle your old friends who remember the drunk you, but they haven't met the new you. God is in charge of that. The bigness of God can make you bold. Our boldness comes from our big God. So can I ask this question? Where do you need to trust that God is in charge? Maybe there's a situation where it just looks like, man, things could go really bad or the wrong words might come out of your mouth or a friendship is on the line, whatever it is. Where do you need to trust God is in charge? He's got this. He can handle this. Chances are there's a situation in your life And you even know it well right now. And you need to trust that God is in charge of that. Your trust that God is in charge, that God is over that situation, will give you the boldness to speak the name of Jesus in that situation. Your boldness comes from your big God. That's the first source of their boldness. Let's keep going in the prayer and look at The second source of their boldness, verse 29. This might be where you want to buckle up. And just so you know, here we go. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Don't you just love that you would think they should pray for safety or they should pray for refuge. But no, they say, hey, continue to give us boldness to speak your word. Then verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal, And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So here's their request. God, give us boldness to speak while... You boldly show off and heal people and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of Jesus. God, we are going to speak your word because we know that you are going to show off your word. God, we are going to speak up because we know you're going to show up. Here's how I'd say it. Second source of their boldness. Their boldness came from a bold God. Their boldness came from a bold God. If you were to read verses 29 and 30 in the original language, it could literally read like this. Um, Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness by stretching out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they're saying, God, give us boldness. How? By you boldly stretching out your hand to heal. So their boldness came from God's boldness, right? God's boldness to step in and show up and heal people is what energized their boldness to speak up and speak out about the name of Jesus, Okay, I know some of this is ruffling your feathers. Some of you are freaking out right now. Stick with me, hang with me. Go back to Acts chapter three. When Peter and John, they're going to the temple that day like they did every day, and they see the disabled man like they did every day, except this day they said to him, hey, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Now, pause right there and just put yourself in their shoes. Just for a moment, I mean, what were they thinking? What's going through their head? They're like, is this going to happen? Is he going to walk? What, what if he doesn't walk? Did those words just come out of my mouth, right? And then, then the, guy, the guy gets up. And the guy starts walking. The guy starts leaping and jumping and praising God. And the whole crowd goes wild. It's pandemonium. This is awesome. Everybody's celebrating. But go back to Peter and John. What are they feeling in that moment? They had to be feeling... Ah, it really happened. This just happened. Jesus did this when he was on the earth. Now Jesus is still doing it, and he's doing it through us. Man, I'm going to text my mom. She's got to know about this. I'm posting it on Facebook. Hey, disabled dude, let's get a selfie, right? We got to tell everybody about Jesus. Peter and John's courage and confidence to speak up about Jesus came because God showed up and actually healed a guy. Their boldness came from the boldness of their God, right? Their boldness came from a bold God. It was an incredible moment. Peter and John were filled with boldness to speak out. Now, in contrast, go back to me sitting in the chair at Great Clips with my mouth shut, right? (laughs) And just silent. What's the difference? The difference is I didn't expect God to show up. The difference is I didn't expect God to be in Great Clips much at all. In fact, I had my iPhone, I had my Kindle app open, and I was perfectly content to read my theology book on how to hear the voice of God all by myself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not lying. You guys can pray for me. I did not expect our bold God to be bold at all. I just wanted to get in there, get my hair cut, and get home. And so I kept my mouth shut. But what if my expectations had been different? What if I went to Great Clips that day, like Peter and John went to the temple their day? What if I expected God to be bold and to show up anywhere at any time that he wants to? What if I would have noticed the man um, sitting next to me a few chairs down waiting to get his hair cut, who had a bandage around his knee, and I expected maybe God wants to heal that guy. Maybe I should pray for him. What if I sat in the chair while she cut my hair and I listened for the pain in her life and I expected, oh, maybe God has something he wants to share with her, to say to her, and I should listen and share that with her. What if I would have noticed the older lady across the room who was complaining about the loneliness of her life and I thought, oh, maybe, maybe God wants me to help heal that loneliness in her life. What if I expected God to be God in great clips, kind of like I expect God to be God in this room? What if I expected my bold God to show up? If I expected him to show up, maybe that would have given me the courage to speak up. And I know some of you right now, you're thinking, Doug, this just got crazy, bro. Can we like rewind a little bit and go back to normal life? I get it, church. I totally get it. I would much rather read the book of Acts like it's a history book of things that God used to do than to read it like a story and a vision of the things that God still loves to do. I would much rather read it that way. It's safer. It's easier. It's more calm and collected and predictable. And I can still read my books on my Kindle app when I'm at the haircut place, right? I'd much rather do that. But what if? What if you went to work tomorrow knowing God is going to show up? What if you got dinner with your family or your in-laws this week and you listened for the pains in their life so that you could tell them how Jesus has helped to heal your pains? What if you went to school tomorrow and looked for someone who's injured so that you can carry their books and pray for their healing? What if you left the cool table and found the loner so that you could love on her, share the gospel with her, and point her to Jesus? What if our bold God wasn't just bold 2,000 years ago? What if he's still bold today? And what if he wants to be bold even through you and through me? Our boldness comes from a bold God. Amen, church? Amen. Now, as exciting as all of that sounds, and yay, pep rally, hurrah, you know, where does the rubber meet the road? Like, do we all just leave here, go grab our Qdoba and pray for someone there? If you do, I would love you for it, okay? But maybe that's a good application of the text, of the scripture passage, but let me give you three suggestions. Three things that any of us can do every single day to help build the boldness in our hearts, to like stir up that courage in our souls. Three things you can do. Number one, meet with Jesus in the morning. Get time with them, 10, 15 minutes just to open your Bible, read a little bit, pray, talk to Jesus, right? In Acts 4.13, what did the religious leaders notice about Peter and John? They noticed that they had been with Jesus. So let's say, hey, we're going to meet with Jesus in the mornings. Number two, look for Jesus throughout the day. Expect that he's gonna show up somewhere. Maybe it's at home, maybe it's at work, maybe it's at school, it's in the car. Look for Jesus to show up. And then number three, speak of Jesus in simple ways. Speak of Jesus in little ways. There's no theology lesson required, no expertise needed. Just say the name of Jesus. Maybe you say, Man, Jesus really helped me with that, or Jesus really loved me when I didn't deserve it. You know, maybe Jesus could help with that. Maybe we should pray about it. Whatever it is, when those opportunities pop up, just speak the name of Jesus in simple ways and then trust the situation, trust the response, trust the results to our big, bold God. Amen, church? Let's pray together and ask God to do this in our midst. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to invite you, right where you are, to already start asking God for boldness. Ask him to start filling you with that boldness. Father God, we pray that you would move in this time. I pray that you would give us courage and boldness to even respond right now that we wouldn't wait for the perfect time, we wouldn't wait for down the road, but we would trust, hey, would you come and work in our hearts even right now? And church, we're gonna do something that we don't usually do. I'm gonna ask some of you guys to respond even right now. And here in a minute, I'm gonna ask, if, if you're saying, man, I need that boldness, Doug, I need that, I'm just gonna ask you to stand here in a minute and receive prayer. And some of you, you may wanna stand and say, man, I need boldness because there's that situation that situation that came to mind earlier and I'm holding on to it and I just need the courage to let it go and trust that God's in charge of it. Some of you, you might stand and say, man, I need boldness because there's that relationship, that friend, that family member and I haven't brought up Jesus yet and I just know I need to so I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me with that. Some of you, you may need to stand and say, I need boldness because there's just fear in your heart and it's messing with you and you know you can't get rid of it. You need Jesus himself to get rid of it. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I know we don't do that often, but I want to stand and say, hey, would you be bold this morning in a room full of Christians and trust that God will make you bold this week as you meet with Him, as you look for Him, and as you speak of Him? So if that's you, whatever it is, you're saying, man, I need boldness, would you just stand right now? Just go ahead and stand up all across the room. Say, hey, Spirit's speaking to me. I need that boldness. I don't want to just come in and go out. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me with that boldness. Amen, church. All across the room, the eight o'clock was full too. Here's what I'd invite you to do. If you could maybe just put your hands out, palms up. This is how I like to pray. Because prayer is coming to God and saying, hey, I ain't got it. I hope you got it. Can you put it in me? So would you just open your hands to receive from the Lord this morning? Let me pray a prayer that I know is in all of our hearts. Father God, this morning, we ask that you would make us bold not by our own strength. We don't need to manufacture this or manipulate it or be superhuman. Would you make us bold? Would you give us eyes to see your bigness, that you're sovereign over that situation? You're in charge of it and you can handle it. And may that give us boldness. Father, could we see that you are bold? And there's gonna be times you're gonna invite us to pray for people right in the grocery store line, to pray for people right at the kitchen table, to pray for people wherever we are. And you're gonna be bold, you're gonna show up. Would you give us the grace to speak up? So, Father, we admit we don't have it, but we know that you do, and we're asking, would you give it to us this week? I also pray, especially this week, that we would meet with Jesus in the mornings. Would you just stir that, and let us wake up when that alarm actually goes off. Would you give us the grace to look for Jesus throughout the day and notice him, and would you give us the grace to even speak his name when those opportunities show up? Oh, God, there's no shame in this room. There's only grace, and it's all because of your incredible love for us. Would you make us bold,